You're listening to the 90-10 rule. 90% business. 10% music. Cha-Cha by Drum, right here on the 9010 Rule. You can look him up online at only, number one, Drum. Only one Drum. Artists, if you want your music featured on the 9010 Rule, email us your songs and notice of approval to playmyshit at the 9010rule.com. All submissions without written consent will not be considered. Today on the 9010 Rule... So the, I guess the question of the hour then is, what things do artists need to avoid to get your attention? What things does Surge say, you know what, as soon as I see this, I'm done immediately? Yeah, just uh, I'm hot or, you know, like, or I got the, my city on lock, this record is doing really well in here. Like, you know, I, I try to urge the artists, um, don't, you shouldn't really, artists, and this goes, this goes for artists. 
I don't really knock the producers, but you know, the artists is that like, you know, you shouldn't really hit up like just different um, A&Rs and executives on social media telling them about, you know, you're hot or whatever. Like, you know, um, you should, you, how, how it usually works is you should really want them to be hitting you up. Get yourself hot enough to where like, you don't have to tell them that, like they'll come looking for you. Because when they come looking for you now, you have, um, you have the the I guess uh, bargaining bargaining power like you know what I mean. But if you just coming at somebody and you just saying hey, I'm hot I'm hot check my music out like you know what does that really get you? Because at the end of the day, most A&Rs can't really even sign you anyway. Like they have to still take it to their bosses, and you know their boss is gonna ask them certain questions. So if you hit them up on social media and you really have nothing going on, you just got a cool little record. Like he has nothing to show his boss, and his boss is gonna look at him crazy. So what are you really getting accomplished? Like, you know what I mean? You know, more so, rather than spending that time just hitting up different executives online, you should spend that time building fans. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 90-10 Rule. I am Kevin Davis, and sitting next to me, I got Brian Jennings, as always. And today in the studio, we got a special guest, A&R and publisher of Empire Distribution. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Serge Duran. What up, man? What up, what up? Now, for those of you that don't know, um, actually, Serge has been in the game quite a while, right? Like, he's been in, in for a few years. He didn't just pop up yesterday, man. So, Serge, maybe you should tell him a little bit about how you got started in uh, music business. And, um, yeah, man, we just take it from there. All right, cool. Um, I'm originally from uh, New York. And um, so, I uh, moved to Atlanta in 1999 to 10 Clock Atlanta University. And that year, uh, the rapper Mace had just retired from rap. And um, so I guess he wanted to humble himself. So he was attending Clark Atlanta University also. And um, we were on a basketball team together. So we were the only guys from New York. Um, so we automatically, you know, became the best of friends or whatever. So he was doing his church thing. And um, when he decided to come back to music, he called on me to uh, be his personal assistant. So I went from like personal assistant to like, like manager, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, and that's basically, that was my, I went to school for computers. So, you know, I had no idea that I would be in the music business. So just running around with him, you know, he taught me everything about the music business and how to make a dollar. And then from there, um, <clears throat> I ran into a no ID in my uh, elevator. We were staying in the same condo or whatever, and he was down here working with Jermaine Dupree, and um, he didn't have no management or representation. So he was just like, hey, let's work together. So I started to uh, manage no ID, and then, um, you know, I would go to the studio with him, and that's how I met Jermaine. And Jermaine had a publishing company at the time, through um, which was through EMI. And um, he needed somebody to run the publishing company. So he gave me my first music industry job. And so I did that for a few years. And then from there, I went on to um, work for uh, Atlantic. Um, Mike Karen took a liking to me. You know, he liked a lot of the stuff that I was uh, sending him. So I did that for a few years. And after that, um, I kind of felt a certain way about the major label structure. So I wanted to learn, you know, about indie. So then I went on to work for Waka's mom, um, Deborah Antney, because I was just interested in how she uh, was able to break, you know, the Gucci's, the Waka's, the Nicki Minaj's, French Montana's. Like, you know, she's responsible for so many different artists, even with producers with the Lex Lugas, the South Sides. You know, I, I just was intrigued by that. So I went to work for her. She had just did a deal with Sony Red and, um, so, you know, she called on me to be her A&R and, you know, I, I sat there, I worked with her for about a year or two years. And then from there, um, you know, now I'm with this uh, company called Empire, which is basically a, a distribution company slash marketing company. Also, I mean, it's, it's a record label and all um, based out of San Francisco. And um, I'm basically doing the publishing, running the publishing division and also an A&R. So that's my story, I guess. Man, that's that's super dope. Cause I, I think when we originally met, what a couple years ago, man, you were with Atlantic at the yeah, time. Yeah, I was at Atlantic. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, matter of fact, I think we might even judge a uh, a talent competition. Yeah, or, or yeah, something uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I yeah, think yeah. Um, so with the show, like with now, you got a number of of artists under under your belt that you're. I mean, you're responsible for. I mean, you got a good hand on 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 their career. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We talk a little bit about uh, Empire and kind of what's happening right now, like with with Drum and Cha Cha, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, basically, with Empire is that um, you know, it's it, like we we cater to in indies, right? Um, 
you know, usually independent record labels that basically need like uh, the record label structure, but don't want to actually have to do a deal with a major where they're locked in for X amount of albums. And, um, you know, those are mostly the, the, the people that we deal with. Now, we do have artists that sign to us where, you know, it's kind of like almost like a major label structure. Like those, there's artists that we are invested in um, that, you know, we they have budgets and everything. And then, you know, majority of the, of the acts, though, that we have are people that, um, you know, kind of have their own uh, finances. And what we do is we provide, you know, all marketing for them and um, just the label structure. Okay. Okay. So the way the way things are working, man, because there's there's definitely a lot of artists that are independent and so if somebody wanted to come to you and try to work out a deal, do they are well, obviously having their own funding would would be great, man, but if they don't, like what types of avenues or or how, how could they be able to try to work something out? I mean, at the end of the day, you know, before we can even have that conversation, it's it all boils down to the music. Like, you know, if somebody has a great song, you know what I mean? That that then we could start the conversation. But without that, like you know, I, you you can have your own backing. But if you're not a good artist and you don't have great songs, then I don't. You know, me, I'm not really interested in it. Mm-hmm. You know, so somebody like Drum, like he has a great record and he's a dope artist. He's a fun loving guy. So somebody like that, we were interested in that because he just had a great record. Trying to move forward in the game, like I know a lot of artists uh, are trying to to navigate, and especially right now, like with the influence of uh, TV and social media, there's a lot of instant gratification. Like if you throw you throw your record out there, like pretty pretty quickly, it could generate a lot of attention. Um, so is is that the type of thing that you're looking for, or are you just looking for somebody who hasn't uh, done that type of work and just bringing you a record that you know they feel is hot? Both, both. Um, you know, there's no set formula on, on exactly what I'm looking for. Um, it could be somebody that just has a hot record out, and um, you know, they might have got that instant gratification. And they, you know, they basically need us to kind of be just that infrastructure and, you know, to organize their business. Um, Or it could be somebody that we, like, think has potential to be great and we can, you know, structure a deal to where we develop that artist and, you know, treat them as such. So, um, yeah, yeah, there's no set formula. Like, I just look for special. Like, to me, you know, if I, for me to be, uh, to want to work with you, like, I have to be a fan, you know what I mean? So, you know, whether it's somebody with instant gratification or it's somebody that has potential, uh, it really doesn't matter. Like, uh, if I like you, then uh, I'll, f- I'll figure out a way to definitely work with you. Talk to us about special. So you mentioned special. What When you're when you're saying that, I know this is a personal opinion mm-hmm. and it's probably not shared by anybody else. It's just unique to you. What does special mean? Give us an idea what that means. Um, Just somebody with, like, to me, uh, the thing I look for the most is um in... And, you know, is I have a thing that I have certain things I look for in, you know, artists, producers, songwriters, but in artists, you know, I, I look for artists that have a pen, right? Because, you know, the when you have a pen and, you know, you're able, you're able to write great hooks and, you know, your melodies and things like that, like those are the artists to me that's going to be around. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a little harder to work with artists that their pen isn't really, you know, as great as as the other artists, um, you know. So that's that's so that's the first thing I look for. What is your pen like? You know what you know, uh, you know, uh, your hooks, your you know, and then we can get into the uh, you know, uh, is, is the person marketable? Is you know their work ethic and you know all these different types of things. Um, what is their story? You know, but I, that's the thing that that sticks out to me is their pen. What 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 is their pen like? And I know that's real cool. So most of y'all who don't know what their pen is, he's basically saying you have the ability to write your own songs. Yeah, Skills. good songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah good, good songs. Good songs. Good, good, yeah, I, I like I like artists, artist songwriters, like good songwriters. That's what I look for because you know um, because they have that ability. Like so let's just use like somebody like Future for example, right? I mean, and Future by the way, I was the like when I was at Atlantic, I, that was the first. A guy I tried to sign, but um, you know that didn't happen. So somebody like him, like when I met him, um, the reason why I wanted to sign Future is because of his writing ability. 
Um, I remember before he released his Dirty Sprite mixtape, I went to the studio and I listened to it. And I was just listening to like, wow, like this guy's really a great hook writer, right? So that's what stuck out to me about him. And, um, you know, so when you have an artist like that, not only can they write songs for themselves, but then they can, you know, help write songs for other people. So, you know, he give Khaled hits and, you know, and when you're able to do that, now your your music is spread all across the board and, you know, you have a longer lifespan. So that's that's the reason why I like looking for people that have great songwriting ability. Kind of speak on to the idea, okay, so you have this songwriter and you being a publisher, what does that actually mean? What is the publishing component of that? Talk about what that actually means. So when you have this songwriter who who can write, how does his money look different than somebody else's money? Well, I mean, songwriters are the first to get paid. You know what I mean? The artist is the last to get paid. So, you know. Oh, a jewel you, right there. You, you know, because with artists, um, you know, when you sign a, a record label, you know, they, you know, they give you an advance, you know, they pay for your marketing budget, you know. Motions, radio, you know, videos, and you know, so all these things you have to make that money back. So every album that's sold, you know, you, you know, until you make that money back, you're not seeing a cent. So you know, songwriters and producers, they're the first to get paid. You know, so um, that so from a, a publishing aspect with a songwriter, um, I mean, just to kind of give you a, a, a story, um, uh, Sean Garrett, this is a story he shares with everybody. Um, he was working on, uh, he was a new writer and, um, Usher was working on Confessions. So, you know, he, you know, he was, I think he was working a regular job or whatever. And, um, you know, he ended up writing, yeah. And, um, he said, man, just a few months later, he walked over to his mailbox and he received the check, first check, publishing check, $800,000. So, um, you know. Publishing. First check eight hundred. First check is eight hundred, and then the next one was probably bigger than that. Wow! I mean, DJ Monte will tell you the same thing. Well, you know, when he did uh, Low for Florida, like I think his first check was probably like four, four, and then the next one was probably five hundred. Like so, you know, just from a publishing aspect, if you write or produce a great record, like those quarterly checks can change your life. And and not no disrespect to Sean Garrett, but I am sure he would probably be the first to tell you that his publishing money far outshines his artist money. Absolutely. I mean, his artist money, he probably spent more than he actually made right. as an artist, you know? But, I mean, him writing for other people, obviously, you're not paying for anything. You know what I mean? I, you know, I doubt he pays for his own studio time, um, or he used to. Um, so, yeah, like, I think, you know, definitely. Definitely. So, like I said, if you're an artist that can write songs for people, I mean, that's just a huge advantage. It's just another stream of income. Right. So, get into the uh, the distribution component. Exactly why would somebody want to go with a, a distribution company like Empire? And, you know, if they're an artist, what would be some of the reasons why they'd want to do it? What is their reach? Um, it's just uh, like with us, we're, we're based in San Francisco, right? And what's in San Francisco? Silicon Valley, right? So, all of these tech companies, the SoundCloud, the Twitter, the Facebook, uh, you know, Spotify, like they're all based in San Francisco and Silicon Valley. So we have direct relationships with those guys. So they actually use us as a guinea pig sometimes to try certain things out. So we're their preferred independent record label. So um, the reason why it's, you know, you should have a distribution company like us is that, you know, the the we're always two years ahead of the game, right? Like, the, the majors, they'll catch on later, but we're always two years ahead because we have direct relationships with these guys and they tell us, you know, certain things that they're working on. So, um, you know, the business is obviously is about to turn into streaming. You see what Apple about to do. I mean, Spotify's been around. You see what Jay-Z's doing with Tidal. So the days of the download actually buying a song are going to be dead, you know, because once I feel like once Apple releases this uh, Apple Music thing, I mean, you know, I don't... You know, if you have Spotify, anything like if you have access to all of these songs in your phone, why do you need to actually buy a song? It's already in your phone, right? So once Apple Music reveals this this um, this platform, the the days of the digital download is is dead, right? So with us, the 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 new way of music discovery are these playlists. So, you know, when you go on Spotify, you click on hip hop, um, there's a playlist called like Rap Caviar. Uh, the Rap Caviar right now has about 2 million followers, right? So basically people follow this playlist and what we do is we pitch songs that um, that we distribute to this playlist. And um, 
So once we get the songs added to this playlist, two million people, the, the, those two million followers that's following this playlist, they all get a notification on their phone saying, X, you know, like we, we, we just added the drum record on there. So two million people will get a notification on their phone saying, hey, this is uh, drums, cha-cha has just been added to Rap Caviar. So now that's two million people just received a notification for this record. Now that's two million people that will be streaming this record, you know, and, um, you know, streams, I mean, they don't pay a lot, but they pay, you know, yeah. so, um, you know, I think the math is every 1,500, every, every 1,500 streams is, equals one download, so basically, if you have a million downloads, that's like 600, I don't even want to say the number, it's the devil's number, but <laughs> about 670 uh, downloads. Okay, so yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, then. Um, with the playlist that you're talking about, there's a curator in charge of that play- that playlist. Yeah, and that, so we have direct, you know, like I said, we have relationships with these guys. So, so would that would that be akin to, you know, just recent history where a radio promo guy would have the end with the program director? Now you guys are basically a curator of those playlists. Absolutely. So now you have direct entry into the playlist wherever they may be. Absolutely, and that's just one aspect of it. Um, we're uh, Vivo's preferred independent, so we can premiere um videos on Vivo. Um. You know, we just uh, iTunes. You know, we we have the ability to get uh, artists on the cover of iTunes, um, Amazon, Google Play. Um, you know, so we 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 can do certain things. We, you know, we can get real creative with what we do, and um, you know, we believe in you know in, in in everybody that we sign. So that would be the I guess the advantage of of dealing with us, and the and, and also we pay every month on the first. So anything that you earn in that month on the first, you'll be receiving a check. Um, and also you have something like, you know, once you sign up with us, um, you have a dashboard and you're able to log in every day to look at, you know, the, the royalties that you're earning, you know, how's your song doing and, and all these other things. So I would say that so you guys you know, track everything as well. Every, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, really empire is really like a tech company slash record label. So the way we set it up is to be user friendly and you know, just for you know, uh, artists and record labels to be able to track their stuff, right? Because it's like you know, when you do deals with these majors, man, like you don't, like you don't know how much you owe, or you, you know, you just spending money, and you 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 may never see a check. Whereas with us, like you know, we you can log on and check to see what your earnings are like. So um, yeah, it's just it's just totally different. It's just yeah, uh, totally it sounds. Different. Awesome. That yeah. sounds like the, oh, yeah. new, the new way. And we pay every month. We pay every month. What is the normal payout? Is it quarterly? No. Uh, what? Payout for what? Pay, when you say you pay out every month, you're talking about far as far as for yeah, streams? Yeah, like if, it, uh, if you, if let's just say a thousand people bought your downloads, right? Like downloaded your song. Like you, you'll be receiving a check at the first of the next month. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Which is crazy because, well... One, it I think it sets the standard mm-hmm. because the the a old standard, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because at minimal, people used to get a check from you know each quarter, right? But that's if you're already in the system, right? You know, got stuff in the pipeline, right? Whereas, I mean, getting a check every month is yeah. that's that's absolutely yeah. ridiculous, absolutely, and you're able to track it, you know. So yeah, that too, yeah, that too, because yeah. I think that's one of the that's one of the biggest uh, horror stories that you kind of hear mm-hmm. from people that have situations with a, a major label is trying to track down yeah. um, where their song has been used and how much it, it was used and how much they owe and trying to run through those different calculations and. I've even had people tell me that they've hired a, a, a like a, a forensic yeah forensic accountant yeah, yeah yeah to really yeah, go to in to try to track yeah, down some yeah. of their money and that man. costs so, yeah and that costs. So do you guys use Sound Exchange to find those streams as well, or how what what systems do you guys use? Is it just something that's proprietary? Yeah, like um, like it the way the the system is set up like is 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 just automated. Okay. Yeah, it's just automated. Like it, you know, like so everything, you know, your streams. I mean, you know, with streams, you can you know, I don't know if you use Spotify, but it, Spotify tells you right. well, how much streams that, you know, a certain record has and basically like it's just automated and so uh, when when you log into your dashboard, like you'll you'll be able to see the activity and you know, you you look at the chart and it'll show you whether it's, accre- it's increasing or de- decreasing, you know, instead of just kind of like a like a flow chart or whatever, right? And you're able to just track your activity. Now, in tracking your activity, are the artists able to um, 
I don't know, are they able to try to boost their impressions or marketing? Or, or if you see that if you're getting more attention in, in one area of the country as opposed to another, um, what types of tools do you have available to be able to, you know, kind of facilitate that marketing? Um, I mean, it, it, we just get creative with it. Um, you know, we usually do the standard 80-20 deals where, you know, the artists, they get the 80% uh, and we get the 20% that, you know, distributor marketing. And um, basically... If a record starts doing really well and, you know, we, we pitch it to these playlists and, you know, it just kind of takes off, then, you know, we can get creative and just say, hey, you know what, um, let's restructure the deal and let's go into a, a, you know, a joint venture and, you know, we set up a budget and, you know, just so everything with us is, is just creative. So if an artist is getting a certain look in, in a certain place, then we'll figure out like, hey, you know what? You know, let let let's set up. You know, whether it's radio runs or you know, let let's just try to get creative with trying to um, feed whoever the fans are in that in that particular area. Um, you know, some 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 music and you know, just hit the promo out there. You know, so they, they, like I said, there's no formula. It's just we just it's it's creative and we work fast, right? Like we, like literally, an artist can call us and be like, "Hey, I want to release this song on iTunes tomorrow." It'll get done. I mean, it could say we won't release the song tonight. It could get done. Like you know, it, it <laughs> like it's where that's how we work. Like you know, when you're dealing with the majors, like that's not happening. Right. Yeah. Like you know, you have Sometimes to set don't it even up. Have a date. Yeah. Like you know, so you know, the the power's in your hands. Like you know, you you basically do what you want with it, and we set it up to where a lot of the things are automated, and the way the system is set up is basically. You want you you go right on your dashboard and you upload it. You just you know tell us, um, so we're able to you know call up the the iTunes and the Amazon so it can go live. So <laughs> I had an artist yeah. tell me one time they they the iTunes told them um, I think it was like I'm just gonna use a date mm-hmm. between June 6th and the 14th. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. So like you got your yeah. fans like you like hey I'm coming soon yeah. and you gotta try to give them a date like yeah check back between the 6th and the 14th. <laughs> yeah. yeah, nah. So yeah. does does Empire do physical copy? I mean, yeah, we CDs? do. Yeah, we do. Um, well, I, um, you know, we just put out that Troy Ave. Like, you know, everybody's been going that Troy Ave, man. And <laughs> like, it's, it's amazing to me, you know. And if you really listen to closely in his interviews of what he's saying, like, he's not lying. He's like, yo, like, yeah, I sold seven thousand the first week, but out of that seven thousand, like, I made some money. Right. And he's not lying about that. Like, you know, we we made some money. He made some money. You know. So he's definitely not lying about that, man. Like seven thousand for him. Is is cool, like you know what I mean, like you know because he obviously had a a, a bigger market share, a, a a bigger share in the um like I was saying he didn't have uh I don't really want to even talk about what his the percentages was, but right. you know definitely he he made some money, you know what I mean. So he's he's somebody that you know he's kind of like the poster child of exactly what I'm saying. Like he 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 figured it out. He wanted to stay independent. I mean labels were trying to sign him. And he stuck to his guns. I mean, he put together a great album and put it out through us. And, um, you know, it was doing well. You know, songs getting played on the radio. Um, he has a record. The, the Doodle record is at like 7 million streams. Um, he's doing really well. So it sounds yeah. like Empire is really the advocate for the artist who's sophisticated enough to stay independent, mm-hmm. but still wants the, the vast reach of a, a major type situation. And and that's what we are. Like we have twenty employees. Like it's twenty people that work in the office, and everybody like like has a job. Like you know what I mean, like a real job. Like you know, we have marketing staff, got radio staff, we got the guy who we have graphics. Like you know, marketing. Like we, it's a real like it's a real record company. So basically, we're a record company that you know you not. You have the option of you're not stuck into these, you know, long drawn out deals. You know, right. you know, you're not gonna do, you know, five album deals and stuff like that. Like, you know, it could be a simple non exclusive, um, eighty twenty just distribution deal, and then from there, you know, we can go into a, a joint venture. But yeah. Talking money, better show it And I'm about to blow it 
motherfucker, she flowing. Roll it down the lane like I'm ballin' with her ass so big Got her on the ticket, Charlie like Mine, and she love the lifestyle You take a hit of it I promise you a night that you won't forget All the shit a nigga did just to get, yeah I was tired, kept it rollin', it's a good, yeah I won't let you take the food out my mouth Gold house, get your feet off my couch Alessandro, that's a million dollar mine Mr. Talent, bacon soda, now we fine Old souls, we ahead of our time Stop my chain, I will lay for the line I love to go outside Cause I know I'ma lay on my true show I'ma lay on my true show Remember the days when niggas was broke I was fuck all you hoes I was fuck all you hoes I'm about to blow it Work so hard, I'ma blow it By the name of Vils It's called Blow It Produced by King Malcolm And this is the 90-10 rule Everybody's heard those horror stories I mean, they've even talked about it From, you know, the early days I think what's, I think what's dope about what you're doing Is the fact that in this new, in this new market Like, it is happening right now And, uh like previously, there used to be this big, uh, and and that's the way that artists thought they had to come out, where they had to do this big marketing campaign and let everybody know, and so on and so forth, to arrange it for a particular date. But now, all your promotion for your record is happening right now. And if your record is available right now, not next week or on whatever date you set, but if it's available right now, then your audience can cop it right now. And not just that, also, it seems like, you know, prior to this empire type situation, labels were a little intimidated by social media. They were scared. Absolutely. That, you know, they were scared that that because of the trends that happened on social media, that maybe they weren't they weren't small enough to move as quickly. But it seems like Empire has aligned itself with social media in the in the sense of it's a tech company and a, a record label at the same time. So it's it's easier for them to kind of align themselves with whatever social media is popping at the time. They're able to immediately make a change again. There are only twenty employees. I'm assuming you guys can change direction in the drop of a hat. Easily, easily, man, easily. You know, and everybody has their role. You know, yeah, so, um, yeah, man. Like it's like uh, it's the best experience I've had really working for a company that's as organized and as fast forward thinking. You know? Well, that's that's perfect that you said that because I actually wanted to get into a little bit about how becoming an you know the the process of becoming an A and R. Give us an idea of like if somebody's out there listening right now who is is pursuing A and R. Kind of give us an idea of what A and R is. Right. You know, if, just from its definition, and then let's go from there. A and R starts for um, artist and repertoire. Basically, A and R is the guy basically who's the middleman between. He works for the record label, but he's the middleman between. Um, the record label and the artist, and his job is basically to, um, I guess, get. His job is to uh, deliver an album from from an artist, essentially, and um, so you know his job is you know set up the studio studio time and uh, uh, manage the budget and you know get the best producers and songwriters to to work with these different artists, and that's basically what you know the job is. Like I mean, some A and R's. You know, may not be as creative as others. Like some A and R's may just be like A and R's who just have great relationships with um, all the artists, all the popular artists. And you know, we call those like Rolodex A and R's, which are guys who know um, if you need a feature from whoever, they can get it done. You have that type of A and R. You have the A and R who you know used to be a producer or whatever, and he can kind of put together really good singles um, for for certain artists. Um, then you just got a a A and R guy who just knows how to uh, who's really good at just managing like you know like budgets or whatever. So you know you, you got like different types of A and Rs, but the the main job really is to deliver an album or just deliver great records from whatever artist that's signed to the uh, record label. Word. 
So with you having experience both um, independently with the major labels and with the new market that people are still trying to figure out, I guess what would you feel like are some of the things that you learned that really help you navigate and uh, and adapt to be able to be successful here? Um, I mean, uh, it's just uh, going with your gut, man. I think that's the most important thing. Um, you know, like you know, it's a joke out there. Like, ain't all the basically people that get paid to predict if a record's gonna be hot or not. Like, you know, no one can predict that, right? Because at the end of the day, the fans are are you know are, are the ones who make you know who choose what records that they they that they love, right? So as an A and R, you just gotta be strong in what you believe in, you know, and you can't let nobody's opinion change that. If you like a record and you generally love it, you can't let somebody's opinion change what you like. And if you're that type of person, and somebody be like, uh, yo, if you tell somebody, yo, I think this record is high, and they like, man, this song is trash. Like, if if <laughs> them telling you that song is trash will change your uh your opinion on the record, then a and R is it for you? Makes yeah. sense. Is there is there a a way to become an A and R? Is there like a, a path that you know of? Nah. Something you can give anybody? Nah, that's a clue? like the biggest misconception in the right. music. And there is no, there is no like the music industry, man. Like from a major label standpoint, it's like a secret society. You know what I mean? Like there is no way. Uh, I mean, I think the only way maybe is interning for a major, if, if that's what you want to do. But it, you know, anybody can be an A and R. Like you just, you got an artist, go find beats for him. You're the A and R, right? Like you know what I mean? Like you know. But if you want to be, if you want to work for a major record label, then I would suggest that you go and intern for one, and you would have to live in New York or LA, um, or have relationships with somebody. High in the food chain that that'll give you that opportunity uh, to be an intern. But even with an intern, like you still kind of then got to live in that city, right? And um, you could be a consultant in another city, but you know you just gotta you know to be an A and R, you just gotta affiliate yourself with whatever's hot. So if you're in Atlanta, anything in Atlanta, you know you should have your footprint on it, like you know your fingerprint on it. And and if you're that guy that always has their fingerprint on whatever the next hot thing is, then you know, somebody's gonna look like, yo, this guy, you know, knows everybody, has great relationships, he's in the know. Um, you know, we think we need to hire him. And and that's it. Like, but anybody can just be an A and R. Like, you know, you just find your artist, go find beats for him, put together songs, you're an A and R. Now, I think that um I think that as an A and R, like, well, you've got a unique opportunity because you've got this artist's job in there, excuse me, this artist's career in their hands, for real. Um, because you ultimately decide what the content of that album is. Is that is that true or? Um, yes, yes, um, yes, and no because you know you have certain artists that you know you can't change. Like you know, I mean, you can suggest certain things, but you know, you have those artists that you know that just. They they know what they know, and you just have to figure out how to you know if the record label wants one thing and the artist wants another. You you as the A and R, you're the middle you're the middle guy. You just have to figure out how to basically deliver and make both parties happy. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, ultimately, yeah, I, I I can say you have the 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 power and you know in, in that artist's career, but you know certain artists that. Are kind of hard to work with, you know. You, you know, you can't. You know, sometimes if they tell you they don't want to do this, or you, you know, they don't want to do that. I mean, you you can't force them. You know, so it, it feel like there's a story there. Yeah, like he was thinking about some different artists. Oh, nah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't say no names, but you know, yeah, definitely, man. I mean, it's a lot of things going on now where you know, you can blame the and all you want, but at the end of the day, that artist is the one that. Goes in that booth and records whatever it is that gets recorded. You know what I mean? You know, so it's, it's both like you know, you have bad. A, I'm not saying all A and R's are good. You have bad A and R's who might have ulterior motives or whatever to um to you know maybe they manage you know producers or whatever, and you know they they mostly just want to do want that artist strictly to just work with their guys. Like you have that type of A and R. You know you have certain A&Rs who are just biased, you know what I mean? And they only work with big names and, you know, they don't, you know, and it's a lot of new talent out there and um, they pass up on a lot of stuff because they may not have that name, you know what I mean? And the reason why they do that is to kind of seatbelt 
their careers because if it don't work, you'd be like, hey, you know, I got a record from Timberland. Like, you know, this is supposed to go. You know what I mean? Rather, you'd rather do that than take a risk on a no-name person. Like, you know what I mean? So you just have, like, different types of A&Rs, you know? It's funny that, uh, like, a moment ago, you described the the music industry as a secret society. Yeah. Uh, because it, it does have that uh, mysterious quality, like... Like there are, because there's artists that are doing their thing independently and, and you know, grinding it out and, and paying their own way and, and really paying their dues to be able to, to get a shot at being successful. And then there's others that just seem to appear within the mainstream and they're on uh, late night talk shows and appearing on national tours. And it's like, well, no one heard of this person, you know. Uh, six months ago So a, a lot of artists Always feel Especially independent artists They tend to feel um, I don't want to say jaded But they feel like the, the Definitely the odds Are against them Unfavorably Because It's like How do you How do you build relationships Or how do you get in With the right people In order to Be in the right position To get your shot Because ultimately Everybody wants their shot You know Yeah I mean it's just a, I mean it's it's not meant for everybody to have like all of those looks, right? That's just the reality of it. Um, you know, those artists that 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 you mentioned that get all of those looks with the late night talk shows is I mean, that's management. Like, you know, um, you know, a great manager can navigate, you know, you through a lot of different things and really get you placements and, you know, get you uh um you know, sponsors and, you know, just get you all different types of endorsements and stuff like that. Like so a lot of that stuff is a lot of that is management. Um, but, you know, every artist, like if every artist that was talented, you know, felt like they can get that, like they, that's just, it's, it's not happening. There's not even enough opportunities like that. Like, uh, like, I, like I, I, try, I, I was speaking to somebody, like a radio station only has 40 slots, right? So, like, everybody can't make it. Like, you know, to to the radio station, like, you know, and that's why, you know, you have a program director there to kind of, like, curate that or whatever. So, yeah, like, it's not meant for everybody. Um, So, you know, I just try to urge their artists, find out whatever your, your wherever your fans are, just keep building them up day by day, man. If you gain a fan a day, you're, you're doing better than somebody who isn't. Like, you know what I mean? So, you know, just focus on that. Like, you know, and if it's meant for you to get to that level where, you know, you, you're mainstream and you're getting all those looks, then it'll happen. But, you know, it's almost like playing the lotto. Keep it all the way real. Like, er- everybody is going to get to that level. I think radio is a, is a still on a lot of people's minds. So if you don't mind, go into a little bit more about the 40 slots. Um, I mean, it's like, it's, it's only 40 slots. Like, um, meaning that... Uh, they have certain songs that, like, okay, for one, people have to understand radio is not in the music business, right? Radio is in the advertising business. And the reason why they play those songs over and over are is because they want to keep people listening so advertisers can, like, basically, um, advertisement companies could come in and, you know, like, pay them for, for those slots, right? So, um that's what people have to understand. Like radio stations, they're not in the music business. Like they just want to keep those companies buying those commercial slots or whatever. And um, and that's really it. So they'll play those same songs over and over and over again because if they're popular songs that people want to listen to, then they'll keep them on the radio station. And then when those commercials come in, you know, so it, it's all about numbers. And that's basically how radio works. Like it's not about who's playing the hottest songs. Like um, it's about, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, I, I know you heard a lot of uh, what VJs say, you know, we got to go pay these bills. Like, and that's what they mean. Like, you know, they, they, the advertisers, man. And, and that's what it's really about. That's what radio is about. It's not in the music. They're not in the music business. They're in the advertisement business. Very good point. A lot of people say that radio is advertising with music squeezed in between it. Like that's that's <laughs> exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. So if you just have a, a great record in a certain region that's doing really well, that the fans are demanding, then you'll, you know, they, they're they interested in that. Like, as long as the fans are going to be listening because it's on the radio, then they'll, 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 they're interested in that. But they're not interested in just breaking the record just to break it. 
It's funny you say that because that's one of the the first things that an up and coming artist thinks that they have to do is take their record down to the radio station so that everyone can hear it. <laughs> get in rotation, <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. And, and get all my friends to call in and request it yeah. so that they know it's hot and try to get some buzz or get some attention or at least the appearance of attention, right, right. and um, try to take it from there. But from what you're saying, that that's that's not even that's not how <laughs> nah, it works. Man, that's nah. not how any of this works. Nah, none right. of it. None I unfriend you. None of it. Yeah, and I ain't, and you know, uh, and you know, nothing. I, I'm not trying to knock even the people who like just put songs on YouTube, right? <clears throat> but what do you guys like actually think happens? Like when you record a song and you just put it on YouTube, like what actually happens? Like you know what I mean? Like, you know, I know we've seen the stories of the Soldier Boys and all these artists who have millions of views or whatever, but like that that's so few, like, and and you know what I mean? Like, you you know, the old way, like people have to still go back to the old ways of actually, you know, um, if you're, you know, younger, you know, hitting the college campuses, the high schools, like it, it's still that you, it still warrants that, right? Like. I think we're in an era where, you know, people just think it's as easy as, hey, I'm record a song and just put it on YouTube. Like, most of the time, like, only people that's going to listen to it are your friends and family. And that's it. Like, nothing happens to it. Like, you know? So, <clears throat> I, I always urge the artists to really get out there and, and beat those streets up. So, the I guess the question of the hour then is, mm-hmm. from your vast experience, and this, is, again, is going to be a very personal question. Mm-hmm. What things do artists need to avoid to get your attention? What things does Surge say, you know what, as soon as I see this, I'm done immediately? Like pet peeves. Right, pet peeves. Uh, I mean, pet And see, I've known you for a while, so I probably know some of these answers, <laughs> yeah. but, but I still just like, the, I like to Yeah, just the I'm hot or, you know, like, or I got the my city on lock. This record is doing really well in here. Like you know, I, I try to urge the artists. Um, don't you shouldn't really artists, and this goes this goes for artists. I don't really knock the producers, but you know the artists is that like you know you shouldn't really hit up like just different um A and Rs and executives on social media telling them about you know you're hot or whatever. Like you know um. You should you how how it usually works is you should really want them to be hitting you up. Get yourself hot enough to where like you don't have to tell them that like they'll come looking for you because when they come looking for you now you have um you have the the I guess uh, bargaining bargaining power like you know what I mean. But if you just coming at somebody and you just saying hey, I'm hot I'm hot check my music out like you know what does that really get you because at the end of the day most A and R's can't really even sign you anyway like they have to still take it to their bosses and you know their boss is going to ask them certain questions so if you hit them up on social media and you really have nothing going on you just got a cool little record like he has nothing to show his boss and his boss is going to look at him crazy so what are you really getting accomplished like you know what i mean you know more so rather than spending that time just hitting up different executives online you should spend that time building fans building fans great point so look i just want to put it in perspective for them if you had to just guess how many people would you say approach you in a month I don't know, man. Like Facebook, guess. I don't know. Just my say Facebook, because I'm I, I got like my Facebook. I reached like that five thousand thing. Like <laughs> so, just my inbox alone, just on Facebook, is just I don't know. Like it's like so between Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and I just got Snapchat. Now people are Snapchatting me from the studio. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we it's working, just crazy. We working. Yeah, son. like like they they're Snapchatting me. From in the studio, so un- like, you know? it's not a count. It's not a number you can count. Nah, right? And so, yeah. how many how many artists do you sign a month? Well, last week I signed like three. I signed three artists last week. Um, but I I don't know. There's really no set number because like, saying- I actually have to wait. Um, I actually have to wait till something something to work or something that you know to catch right. my attention. So nah, I don't really sign like a lot of different things. I just like, wanna I, just, I wanna put it in perspective that the yeah. odds are so great. Yeah, no, it's like and when you walk up to somebody and just keep bombarding yeah. them with your material, that's yeah. not the way to get signed. It nah. doesn't really pay off that nah. way. Nah like like I said, I don't really knock the producers, right? Because at the end of the day they gotta figure out a way to, you know, to get their beats. So I don't really knock them for doing that. Like, you know, for, you know, Cause that's how you know you never know. Like a lot of them, that's their success story. Like you know they hit up such and such on 
Twitter and they gave him an email and they sent the beat and it turned into, you know, so I don't really like the producers doing that. But as far as the artists, though, like you should definitely leave because you, you, this is how we think, too, as executives. Let me just give you guys another um perspective. Right. Like if you're an artist and you're hitting up an A&R on social media right then and there, it shows me you don't have management because if you had any type of proper management, they wouldn't even allow you right. to even do that. Right. So your management if, if they were any good, they should have certain relationships with A&Rs. So if you had some good management, you wouldn't need to hit up, you know, different execs on, on, on Twitter or, you know, all these different social media places. So, like, that's really why a lot of them ignore it because it's just like, hey, okay, you don't have a good manager. You hit me up on here. Like, what do you expect me to do? Like, you know what I mean? Like, because I can't be your manager. Like, you know, I have a job to fulfill. Like, so. But you're you know. the you're the music industry. You're <laughs> hey. you you have the power to change my life. Yeah, I mean that's the that's Please? the perception. You know, a lot of them give A and R's more power than you know what they really have. Like, like ninety percent of A and R's can't sign you. Like, like literally, like they have to take you to whoever it is. I mean, ninety percent of them don't have signing power. That's just the reality of it. Wow. You know what I mean? Like they have to take you to whoever the chairman is, and then you have to perform, or they have to okay it. Like. Yeah, I mean, and that's why I'm such in, in a lovely place. Like, I've signed three guys. Like, two out of those guys, I didn't even tell my CEO about it because he trusted me to, you know, I just hit up the attorney. Hey, let's get them some paperwork. They get it over. They sign. Boom. Simple. Done. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's yeah. that's that's great, man. Yeah. So um, anything you want to push, man, any, plug yourself, anything at all, people, they can... Get in touch with you, or uh, yeah, I mean, I'm you know, I like definitely. I'm not saying that like I'm um when I'm saying you know just people hit me up like um because I like to know about what's going on in, in other places, but yeah, just my pet peeve like I just don't want people. So I think what I want to start doing is um how you were just asking me about A and R's like, and it's just an idea I had that I want to probably just start like having A and R's in different like people that want to be A and R's just having them in different um regions, and you know it and. Maybe that's how they can kind of get their start, and you know, I'll be able to mentor them and let them know why that's that doesn't work or whatever, and, and it'd be a good way for me to discover things that I, you know, I, early basically. Um, so I guess if you, yeah, and then um, so I guess you know you could hit me up on Facebook, Serge Duran, um, uh, Instagram and Twitter is ATL Surge, and uh, Snapchat I think is A and R Surge. So th- those are the places that you can reach me at. And I'll put that in the show notes for your listeners also so you can get the exact spelling of everything. Okay. But Serge, we really appreciate you coming, man. All right. Thanks for having Great me, Great knowledge. Yep. Thanks again, bro. All right. Visit us at the9010rule.com. That's the9010rule.com.